Hi everyone, I'm Samilla. Welcome to Menswear by a Woman podcast season three. And my next guest, his name's Jack, and he has a brand called Billy Tannery. And um, it's an accessory, men's accessory co- um, company um, that made, um, it's a leather goods, but it's made in, handmade in UK, in Britain. So I'm going to get Jack on board and have a chat with him about the products and how we began and how the creativity started start sorry here we go hi jack how are you i'm very well smiller yeah great to be on the podcast thank you um i'd like to say one thing about your products they're absolutely beautifully made well thank you very much yeah the um the it's (laughs) one thing coming up with an idea but it's so it's sort of such a great feeling to actually have some some products out there that, that people seem to be responding well to Absolutely beautiful. And the, even the design side of it is really beautiful as well. Um, how did you begin in um, in the leather goods? Were you always interested well, in leather I, goods? Well, it's a, I came into it from, with a slightly strange angle, to be honest. So my, my background is in, in marketing. Um, so I worked in, oh, right. in the kind of creative industries for sort of um, coming up to sort of seven or eight years in the end it was. Um, but I grew up on a farm in the Midlands um, and... I started to sort of feel while I was working in, in advertising, starting to think, oh, maybe I want to do something a little bit more practical, something a bit more linked back to, uh, to the farm. And, and yeah, it sort of started like that. I, I started helping my dad um, with uh, selling some goat meat from some go- the goats that he had on the farm. And from that, I discovered that, that no one was tanning um, goat skins in the UK. And that was just like a thread that I started tugging on and it is yeah quickly spiraled into where we are today you say but um on the actual about us it actually says about 50 years in the um that you've had this farm is it is it you've had this farm for 50 years or so the 50 years is 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 the this is how long we think it's been since someone last um oh, right, built okay. a tannery yeah a new right. tannery in the uk but the, the the farm that we're on um now is is actually uh about half an hour away from the farm that i grew up on we've <laughs> helpfully had to had to move the tannery from one farm to another due to the <laughs> that it moving about uh two or three years ago and did you always wanted to do this or did you say no did you just come into it because you felt like do you feel like as if it's something that you've always wanted to do or well, I've always I've always wanted to have my own business, and right. I think it was just an opportunity that that arose, which was to try and find out something to do with the uh, all these goatskins that I discovered were going to waste because it, it wasn't just on my dad's farm that that the the skins were just yeah. going in the bin. It was it was across across the country. So it, I never I never thought I'd be setting up a, a leather tanning business. That's for sure. How does it start with um, deciding what kind of accessories, like the bag design? Who does that? Is that yourself or someone else? Uh, so for the, for the products themselves, we um, it, either we kind of work out uh, between um, my co-founder Rory and I, we work out kind of what products we, we would like to launch. And then either um, either we'll work directly with the um, with our partner workshops and, and sample directly like that or with a completely new product, um, we we tend to to work with um, a uh, like an accessories designer. Um, and when we first launched, um, 
quite a lot of our core products are from our original range, which we um, we worked with a designer called Simon Benton originally, and he right. he kind of worked with us to design that initial range and kind of what the what I guess the the sort of signature look was that we were going to use going forward for for the brand. But really, it was led. The types of products were led by the the leather itself and the the, the sort of the softness of it and um, and those sort of characteristics because it's a slightly different. Um, uh, it's a slightly different material to sort of the normal um, cow leather that would you yeah. be seen in in, in normal uh, fashion world. How you know when you say it's quite different? In what way is it different with um, goat skin to cow skin? So yeah, so the, I mean, the, there's quite a few differences. I mean, the, the obvious one is the size. Um, yeah. A goat skin is, is much smaller than a cattle hide, so you, yeah. you we're also already kind of having to think about different panel sizes and things like that. But yeah. the, the sort of characteristics of goat leather is that it's it's really soft, um, but also really strong. So you've got this kind of really nice soft handle, um, but uh, it's also really durable. And how long does it take? Um, Sorry, gone. Sorry, and I was just gonna say the final the final thing is is just to do with the look of it, and you get there's a really pronounced grain on on goat leather, which is which is amazing. You kind of it's different from piece to piece, so we we try and sort of make the most of that incredible uh, grain pattern on our on our, each of our products. Um, I'm just looking at the website, right, and um, I see that you've got um, leather sneakers as well, the shoes. Yes, yeah. Is that so, quite so we. Or? Uh, sorry say that again is that quite recent that you've actually is that a quite recent product or so they we we've done sneakers for um a few years now as like a a limited edition collaboration um we we originally worked with a a brand called crown northampton to to launch these um but uh recently um crown have been uh doing incredibly well and are very very busy themselves so we we've recently um started working with a, a another amazing uk shoemaker called um called goral up in sheffield um but yeah we we've launched um we, we launched sneakers in a on a um, like made to order basis so they're not always available um so we basically yeah it, we'll launch them for pre-order and then and then make whatever's ordered and, and delivers them to people um a couple of months later and with, with the bags and all that stuff is bags also pre-order as well uh, no, we, we try and keep our core products in stock, um, yeah. but we, we we make in very small batches. Um, our, our tannery is is, quite, is a micro tannery in lots of ways. We so we're, we're tanning kind of quite small batches of leather. So our our bag and accessories production kind of happens in quite regular small batches. So right. while we don't try and operate on a pre order basis, it quite often ends up like that because uh, if 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 our products are sold out, then people will pre order them and then they'll be ready in in maybe. I don't know, um, a month's time or so. So Jack, has it been quite hard starting it up? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's not, it's one of those things you think it's going to be relatively quick, but it's, we're, <laughs> we're sort of four or five, four or five years into to a process and I still kind of feel like we're, we're still, still trying to work it all out. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's hard work. I think the, the initial phase was obviously learning all about leather and, and yeah. how to, how to tan leather and all of that side and then and then you kind of we worked that out and then it was how to to launch an accessories and bags brand and design products and get them made and everything so it's a it's a yeah it's definitely um a big project but i, I absolutely love it whereabouts are you selling at the moment um with your products is it just mainly in on your website or other 
stockists that are having lost. Yeah, so we at the moment um, almost everything is sold direct. We right. uh, through our website. We we have in the past um, uh, sort of trialed a few, um, not necessarily wholesale, but sort of uh, just partnered with with some locations to to stock our our products and um it's it sort of we do that on a uh, every now and again the, the, the only um stockist that we have is is we work with um uh with play playhouse in in tokyo um so we right. uh we've got some products it's like a marketplace model there so uh, it, um, customers in tokyo can go into um the playhouse which is um uh, which is in yama and they can see our products and then order them and, and we'll ship them from the UK. So that's our first kind of international stockist. But, um, but yeah, we, we, we predominantly we focus on on being that direct link with customers so we can kind of um, talk to them and and, uh, and build that relationship. How often do you come up with new products? I mean, um, and when you do come up with new products, right, what do you, what's the creativity behind it? Yeah, so it's something that we that I really want to work on a bit more. It's, right. it's like there's so many so many facets of our business that yeah. it's actually been quite slow to to launch new products. Um, so right. so this year we're we're really looking at, um, at adding um, one or two new bag styles to the range, definitely, um, and maybe looking at some some other options in in footwear. I think it's just it's one thing that we don't currently have in house is product design. So it's it's never been like. Uh, that easy to, to suddenly launch new products so yeah it's, it's it's a process that we generally tend to follow is is wait for our customers to tell us what, what they want and, right. and people have been asking for certain types of bags for, for a long time and, and that's really the that what we'll take there we'll take the hint and, and start working on something jack is there a such thing as an ideal bag because i'll tell you one thing i've got so many bags right i still cannot find anything in it <laughs> as in as in you what you can't find anything when you're looking inside the bag I, I'm, I'm telling you I'm, i keep saying to myself i'm going to make an ideal bag where you can find anything you want in a bag because i still can't find anything i put everything in my bag right and i still can't find anything and it's like it's so frustrating <laughs> so is there a such thing as an ideal bag <laughs> if so well i mean what is an ideal bag for <laughs> billy tannery well, I mean, for me, it's always been about backpacks. Yeah, like I, I've, I've always sort of been obsessed with backpacks, which is kind of why one of the first products we launched was our was our roll top backpack, which mm-hmm. is still one of our one of our best sellers. Um, that's. But having said that, like we we added the zip top backpack because it's a little bit easier to get into. Like if you're looking for stuff quickly, you want to be able to just get your hand in. Whereas uh, with the roll top, you've got to roll it, roll right. it open, yeah. and, and and get in there. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a funny one. Everyone, the thing that I've learned over the the last years is that with bags and and leather goods and any, these sort of accessories, people have a very specific um, need in their mind, and, and people are always looking for something quite bespoke. I find so it's always finding that that um, ground where you you're not creating something bespoke for people, but you're covering lots of bases. Um, yeah. One thing I would say that we've learned is that it's uh, that I find personally as well is that our um, our black bags have a black lining, which actually makes it near impossible to find anything <laughs> inside just because of the just because of the colour. Yeah. So maybe the answer is a, a cream lining. It just probably won't last very long. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you was um, with the actual business, um, you've, how long? Um, 
when you first started, right, um, was it so difficult that did you ever think about, no, I'm not doing this right, or I just I don't think this is going to work? Or was it like, no, it's going to work and I'm going to c- carry on until, you know, I succeed it? You know that passion sometimes. And sometimes yeah. with all the obstacles that comes across, it, it sometimes blows the passion away a bit. Did that ever happen? Yeah. No, and luckily it hasn't. I think okay. I sort of once my once I kind of start something, I really want to keep doing it and making it work. And I think the there were there definitely were times in the early days when I was thinking, have I have I bitten off too much here? Like, is there <laughs> are there too many things to work out? But we just sort of yeah, the way I'd look at it is just break it up into smaller jobs and say, right, this is the first thing we need to do, and then once we've done that what's the next thing to do and try not to think about the whole issue at once. Otherwise, I think that's quite easy to get overwhelmed. It's like, yeah, that, that would be the way I would look at it. I mean, I, the, the one thing that I've been quite lucky to do is that I previously working in marketing in the early days, I was able yeah. to continue freelancing. So the, I, I never, there was never a moment where I just quit my job and went full in on it and had the, all the pressures that would go with that. I was, I was lucky to be able to, keep working off on and off and, and keep some money coming in while I could gradually grow the business up to, um, to where we are today, where I, where I am on it full time. And to do that, did you actually do um, freelance work for some time before you actually became full time with um, the business? Oh yeah. Yeah. For years, for years. Yeah. I, I was, I would sort of on and off do, do months here and there working, working freelance and marketing just to, just to keep, keep the cash flowing yeah exactly um and i think that's what everyone does anyway when they first begin everyone actually has to do that otherwise you can't just go into it full time i don't think not at the very beginning um and if you do it's quite difficult i I did do it i did do it as a side project alongside the full-time job for a bit and then it that gets a bit too much so you have to sort of that that's why i'm sort of luckily in in the industry i worked in freelancing was an option i think for a lot of people that maybe isn't quite so easy how did you get the name? How did um, the name? How did it come about? <laughs> well, it, it's the Billy. Just it was the first thing that came to mind when thinking of goats. So it was it was always going to be Billy, uh, and then um, I wasn't going to say anything it, about that actually because I knew it was right. But I thought <laughs> I'd better not say because in case you've actually got to say, oh, you know, my great great grandfather or someone or blah. And I thought I better not say that because no, I, I mean because me and Charles was talking about it's one it. of those things. We- yesterday and we were saying that's what it's based on a bit of money and we was like and he kept on saying to me you got to ask and I'm thinking yeah I'm gonna ask because I'm not gonna assume well I mean I, I, honestly a day doesn't go by with someone without someone calling me Billy they think that that's the reason why it's called Billy Tanner is because that's my name uh, so it, it's uh but when you know it's goats then it's obvious but it's yeah. uh yeah it's but I didn't want to because me and Charles was just like it, it, no don't say that because it might be a bit too rude so that's the reason <laughs> that's the reason we thought no better not ask that but I'm glad we was on the on the same path then <laughs> you know yeah there's no nothing more to it than that um who's your favorite accessory designer in menswear oh that's a big question yeah I I don't really know. I mean, it's designers in terms of um, brands. Yeah, brands or even, yeah, brands, actually, if, if that. Yeah, it's, a, I don't know. I think, um, 
I've always I've always loved the um, the kind of the really classic um, British leather goods brands like the kind of um, Ettinger and all those yeah. all those kind of um, old school styles. And I'm, what one of the reasons why we did what we were doing with Billy Tanner is that we didn't we couldn't really find anything that was more modern than that. So that's kind of where we've taken a lot of inspiration is, is from the kind of the classic British leather goods, but trying to bring it sort of to the modern day a little bit. Um, that that's kind of the way, the way that I would think about it. I, I don't, um, I don't really, uh, one of the things about I found it with running a business like this before I started it, I probably would have told you five straight off the top of my head because I was thinking about this all the time about all the other designers that I like but the, the reality is once you get into it I, yeah, I don't really have the time to, to, to think about it these days which is which is probably part of the problem with getting the, the blinkers on when you're running a business is that you should be should be spending time thinking about what everyone else is doing but, uh, but at also, the moment it's, but also it's it, not really how it works well you know um, I think also um, not knowing what everyone else is doing is sometimes quite good because you're so focused on your own um, brand, um, sometimes it's it's better that way. Because otherwise, you end up not copying, but you know, uh, the, you, your brand will stand out. It's so different. Um, and I think sometimes when you look into it too much, um, into other people's brand, it you can forget about you, you lose the rhythm a bit on your own brand. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And actually, I, there was a stage when, when actively um, I, I stopped following a load of other brands on, on Instagram just right. because yeah. I didn't you know, just constantly be bombarded by what, what other people are doing. I think it, it's, definitely, it's definitely changed the way that um, I'm looking at things. So with the inspiration for Billy Tannery bags, right, what's the next inspiration that's going to be for 2022? Could you tell us? Or? Yeah, well, I... The, the 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 big thing we're thinking about this year is is um is, is what all of this so far everything we've been doing has been focused on on goat leather yeah um but as time has gone on there's more and more opportunities that i think needs to be solved like issues that need to be solved in this space so one of the big things we're looking into this year is around um deer leather um oh, which wow. is, is in some ways very similar to goat leather but but is has its own characteristics as well and I think that that's one of the going to be one of the really interesting things this year is to what um we're still in the middle of the first trials of, of that leather to to see really what the how it's going to come out and then that will lead into um future product development is is starting with the characteristics of the leather but in my in my mind at the moment I think it, it will potentially take us in a slightly more outdoorsy um uh, sort of vibe i think i think like sort of the idea to me i think of of deer i think of like parkland and outside and and uh and being a bit more rough and rough and ready and i think that's potentially an, an area that might be quite interesting for us to look into is that kind of intersection between luxury leather goods and and sort of the outdoors is that level um strong though to do things like that well yeah i, I it's up for testing really i mean i, I we we've we haven't really been able to find many other examples of vegetable tan deer leather around around um, from other suppliers. So it's going to be really interesting to see what um, locally sourced um, and vegetable tanned deer leather and how, how it's going to turn out. You know, with the sustainable and ethical fashion and all that, um, how sustainable is Billy Tannery? 
Yeah, it's a, it's interesting one. I think we we kind of have always thought about sustainability right right from the start, and I think it's it, it's sort of become such so just sort of in in sort of over overly like discussed thing that that big brands jump onto. But for for us, really, it started with the fact that all of these goat skins were going to waste. They're literally going into a skip and being burned, which wow. is is wrong for so many reasons. And I think everything we've done is to say, okay, that's wrong. We're going to try and fix that. And along the way in fixing it, we're going to do things in the most um, low impact way possible. And also thinking about products that are going to last for, for ages and then also be able to be repaired. I think while at the same time, after however many, hopefully decades, generations of use, our, our products will, if they find themselves in the ground, will essentially disappear. I think, that's the kind of the, the cycle that we try and look at is it, with a, a natural product like leather, you're, you're not going to end up with something that's going to be in landfill for thousands of years. You're, you're looking at something which, which will, will only be around as long as you need it. So that's kind of the, the way that we try and think about sustainability is, is more about circularity, really. How long does it take to make a bag, though, um, with you guys? Is it um, from, initial, from the initial idea to the actual craftsmanship of it? Well, I mean, the, the design process can take us absolutely ages, to be honest. That, that's what <laughs> we're not very quick at. But, but actual sort of production, um, once the, the, a, a, batch of, a batch of leather takes about six weeks um, right. all in from, from going from, from a goat skin into um, finished and dyed leather would take about six weeks and then and then once it's um in with with one of our workshops it kind of depends on the size of the batch that we're making um but there's quite a few different processes obviously that go that go into making a bag you've got from from sort of cutting to stitching and and all that kind of stuff so i probably should have a a a number of how long it it takes to make an individual bag but i actually don't really know to be honest (laughs) right um (laughs) okay um with the goatskin, well, are they actually coming from abroad, or are are they all in UK or or from Italy? So they're all, all they're all UK. So they all, oh, yeah, right. they all come from from one um, one meat supplier called Cabrito, who are doing amazing things to to get people eating more goat meat, and that that's always been really important for us. It it would be very easy and actually legal for us to to um, import goatskins from anywhere around the world um, and call them. As long as we dyed them in the UK and said that that's where most of the value is, we could call that British leather. But we, we're just so against that on principle that that it's all, always been about sourcing here in the UK because there just aren't tanneries here making use of the skins that are here. So that that's kind of what we're what we're trying to do. And all the dyeing goes um, happens where you guys are in your yeah there. yeah so we, yeah we 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 don't do the dyeing ourselves um, right. just because of the um, treating the, the the dyes once they've once they've been used in the tannery, we, we use a, a specialist um, leather finishers who are about um, half an hour away from us. So it's all, all done very locally in the Midlands. How would you describe the Billy Tannery uh, man? Yeah, the, so the, 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 our sort of standard customer like tends to be um, someone who's looking for something um, a bit out of the ordinary and it, they're, right. they're looking for a really well-made product but they're not looking for something that's from a um a brand that anyone might have already heard of so we're, we're sort of 
the guys that buy our stuff tend to be people who are out looking for something new and, and looking for something that's got a, a story to tell really it's like someone who can tell their mates oh have you heard of where this has come from and, and that that's kind of the the really exciting bit because you end up having like these amazing conversations with people who've bought your products and want to chat about it by email and, and hear loads more about it and that's that tends to be the sort of people that we um that we attract so are you also doing the social media but yourselves or have you got others doing the social media so generally generally it's it's done by us the the right. our um instagram account for example is is mainly me to be honest we, we we sort of spend a lot of time throughout the year making sure we get loads of nice uh photographs taken um by uh, mainly by our um, friends aaron fern from department two who are a great um creative agency based up in sheffield um so we just make sure we've got plenty of great content and um and then yeah we take we, we do all that stuff ourselves and and I occasionally, when I'm in the tannery, will will do some sort of live videos and, and try and give people a bit of behind the scenes look of, of how how we do things. Because, yeah, I think that's the main thing for, from my perspective is just sort of lifting the lid a little bit on how how leather's made. And, yeah. and uh, so I think people don't necessarily think about it too much. I think um, no, we don't. It, it's <laughs> Uh, the only reason why I think about it is because I'm in the industry, so I know what goes on and all that stuff. But I don't think anyone else who's buying a bag or anything would think that way. They would think, you know, first of all, the style of it, the functionality of it, and, you know, the colour and the cost. Is colour really important in accessories? Is colour? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes, we, we do find that, um, for example our brown products sell probably as much as all the others put together. Um, so that there's still a certain level of people wanting something traditional when, when they're buying leather goods, I think. But what's really interesting is we launched uh, the forest green color. Um, yeah, that's a lovely color. I think that couple of, thank you a couple of years ago. And that's now kind of almost catching up to brown. I think people like green is a nice sort of <laughs> entry level into something a bit more interesting. If people are thinking about, buying something with a slightly brighter color but the way that we tan like vegetable tanning doesn't ne- lend itself that well to like really really bright colors so right, yeah. we haven't done anything too crazy with our with our um with our colors but you do get we do get people asking for stuff occasionally and so you, we do think about it we did a um a bespoke project last year which was um tanning some leather specifically for a um upholstery project for a, um, a big event space and they wanted something um in a, like a red color so we we did some um a batch of leather in an amazing uh, claret red and wow. um yeah there's a couple of products left on our website which we made out of the the offcuts from that project so yeah colors is an interesting one that we we definitely there's plenty of open space for us to be doing more with the reason why i say about color right is because in menswear color is actually coming in quite well actually um, a lot of um, men are wearing more color and I just wanted to know would accessory be the same kind of cause as well yeah maybe I think that's a that's a, that's really interesting to hear I mean we um, we just sort of try and keep our ear to the ground a little bit but obviously aren't aren't doing anywhere near as much research in that space as, as a designer like like you are I mean are there, are there any particular colors that that um, there's always like a sort of annual what what's going to be hot trend wise is there anything that's that that you've heard about well i mean the pastel colors are coming in quite well and also um like i also think um pinks and orange I, I can't see a man were having a pink bag 
I just don't see that <coughs> happening, right? Um, but I think um, yellows, a yellow mm. rucksack will look quite good. Yeah, it's definitely something that, that that's interesting because I guess we um, we can we can definitely do that sort of uh, almost like egg yolky yellow colour yeah, would, be, would be amazing. I think um, it's be definitely worth testing. It's the you know the light shade you've got on there where yeah the yellow that I can see on the screen. I think that yellow kind of thing will look really nice yeah. on, on a rucksack. You know, we we definitely need. I'd, we could definitely test it. It's something that we are always talking to our finishing partner about with, with yeah. different colors. As I said, like the, the, the way that we tan our leather and try and keep things um, vegetable tanned and without adding too many uh, pigments to the leather, it's, you ended up with slightly more muted colors, but um, we should definitely, definitely test some, some other bits. When you when do, we get yeah. that kind of yeah. <laughs> when you do get it, let me know. Cause I would love to see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's your favourite um, menswear designer? Do you have a favourite menswear designer? Uh, I so I tend to buy from. Um, I'm I'm sort of looking for like new small British brands when I'm buying clothes. Like I'm wearing that. This is um, uh, well, they're not new anymore, but the jumper I'm wearing at the moment is from Country of Origin, who are mm -hmm. a great like UK brand knitwear brand that are knitting their um, all their knitwear really close to where we are actually they're in they're in Leicester which is which is about half an hour away from our, our tannery so I, I'm always sort of looking out for for smaller brands like that to to buy stuff from but um that's that's probably an, ex an example like I wear quite a lot of universal works and and sort of um I guess workwear-ish brands um tend to be what I go to. Is there any collaboration going on with these brands with um with yourselves you know no, not with the uh, sort of menswear brands at the moment i mean uh, it, uh, we'd love to in the future i mean the the what we tend to do collaboration wise at the moment is to find brands that are making in the uk who are already using leather and um, working with them to use our leather for limited right. edition collaborations so the yeah. the sneakers that i've mentioned um previously and and has been a good collaboration for us and we did some desert boots last year it went down a storm actually so we're definitely doing more in that kind of stitch down footwear space i hope um but yeah we're always just looking for for other like-minded brands to to collaborate with i'd love to do something more in the um in the apparel space because because go leather is is um really lightweight but as i said really strong so it would lend itself really well to to outerwear um and we, we've done we've got a sort of a couple of tests going on in the background on on um how that might work so yeah really interested to talk to anyone if they're listening to this but um yeah well, I never thought goat skin was going to be goat skin is very strong. I never thought that because I thought you know leather. Actually, funny enough, um, whenever anybody says leather, it's always like cow. That's what I think of mm. cow skin. I never think yeah, of goat definitely. skin. Yeah, definitely. I think it's that's really what most people would probably agree. I think that these days, especially leather, tends to just be leather. Yeah. Most people would assume that that is always cow leather, but every single sort of from sort of cow to goat and deer and everything has its own specific characteristics that lend itself to certain things and and yeah goat is sort of pound for pound is is one of the strongest leathers out there do you make um um bags for other brands with their label in there no we don't. No. Okay. no we don't i mean but because because we don't we work with external um workshops like right. um, partners that we've spent ages trying to find so 
we are kind of a little protective over the people that we use just because we, we don't want them being swamped with with other works. So we, do, we don't we don't manufacture for other brands. We we do um, sometimes sell leather. So our, our leather um, occasionally we'll, we will sell to, to other um, companies to use. But right. it really does depend on how much we've got, to be honest, at the moment. Most of the time we haven't even got enough leather for things we want to do ourselves. So it's um, it, it just sort of depends on 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 when it is in the year, whether we've got spare leather to, to provide to people. Have you got any um, any style icon that you think of um, that you could actually um, kind of think that is towards Billy Tannery? That's an interesting question, actually. It's something Thank that you, I've been trying, we, we're always <laughs> trying to think about this. It's like everyone, like the, the, the obvious route for a small brand like ours is to try and find a, a famous brand ambassador to, to, to really take it forward. And we've just never quite found the um exactly the right type of person just because of the the sort of slightly different approach that we're trying to take to to our brand is then we're not sort of banging the menswear space we kind of we do sell some of our products to, to women like our, our our tote bag is is predominantly bought bought by ladies and it, it so that's one side of it but also just like trying to find an authentic sort of brand ambassador or, or um sort of icon to wear to wear our products isn't it we've never quite found that that exact um uh exact person but i mean could is there anyone from your perspective i'd love to hear um not at the moment but i think um it's really weird because when i look at the uh, look at your bags they are beautifully made but i can't think of anyone as well and it's really weird because if if i do i'm going to send you a message about it actually i need to think (laughs) about it a little bit um but um no it's not that easy it's not that easy because i think it's another thing that with the that is a is I don't know whether it's a challenge or whether it's just something that we haven't quite worked out yet. It's like when you also when you think about um, uh, maybe shops and and sort of retailers that the men would go to to buy their products. You kind of have um, probably your like streetwear side, and then you've got your more sort of classical side, maybe yeah. a heritage side. But we don't quite fit into any of those those boxes. No. So it's always it's always a sort of a, a challenge why we've ended up doing mainly direct to consumer because we, we feel like potentially there's a sort of a, a slightly different type of man out there that isn't really one one of those one of those um styles but isn't it's, it, it's finding that but isn't it quite nice to go direct to the customer absolutely yeah it, it, it means that we yeah we have complete control over yeah. the communication i think that the danger is that you've 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 spent all this time and, and effort on yeah. creating these, these products that are so different. And then if they just did it on a shelf in a shop with where they're just taken at face value, it's some, something's lost there a little bit. Yeah. And that's what I think. I, I think it's quite nice to go direct to your customer than go instead of going like the third person, you know, um, mm. because then you don't hear anything about your products kind of thing. Um, and sometimes yeah, you're I right. Think one, thing, one thing I'm thinking about at the moment is like, is if there are certain, um, sort of shops out there that, that I absolutely love, and I, and I would probably look at it more like trying to maybe collaborate with a with a particular store on a on a something exclusive, which is tailored specifically more to them and their their customer, but still very much a Billy Tannery um, product. So that's sort of the, my goal is to try and do something more on that and along those lines. Would you not um, some of your bags, right? Um, would you not work with some of the denim companies? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, we, we, um, we, I was really happy to, after 
literally years of talking about it with them. We we launched uh, um, some collaboration products with Hyatt Denim um, just before Christmas, okay. um, which was some uh, a wallet and um, a pouch, which I think they've still got a few left on their website, which are in our uh, navy blue leather to kind of um, fit with the with their sort of denim. Um, uh, look and feel and that was great but I think yeah in, in terms of like other the sort of the denim world is kind of the closest to to, to sort of I feel that is our yeah our that's what area because with leather yeah because denim is so detailed so is yours very detailed so yeah that's the exactly. way I would see it um what would you if somebody wanted to start up their own brand at at, at the moment um accessory brand what would you say to them what advice would advice? I would say, my, I mean, my advice would be to make sure that you're doing something genuinely um, like new, something that, that serves a different um, kind of solution to, to people. I think, I mean, unless, unless you've uh, like got a specific knowledge of a, of a product or a, an area that say you've worked in an industry for ages and you've got a particular insight that, that you would bring to it then I think it's always important to try and do something a little bit different or at least do something a lot better. I think that that would be my, my, um, uh, my advice to people. But generally I, I would say, I always say to people, just go for it. Like <laughs> you can, you can do these things as a side project and, and see how they go and, and it will just keep developing as, as you do it. Jack, is there any, um, are you thinking, or would you ever do some pop-up shops in London or, to see how yeah it's, it's, def it's definitely something that we, we look at on a regular basis about about doing it it always sort of just comes down to uh taking a punt on it really and spending spending the budget on 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 how opening a shop and making sure you're stocking it and staffing it and everything and we will we will get there at some point we just we're just still maybe not quite there i think maybe just before the pandemic we might yeah. have been gearing up for something like that but it's sort of everyone's sort of resetting a little bit on on physical retail i think was it quite hard? Those, those that was it quite hard during the pandemic with the business? It was, yeah. I mean, it was. We we sort of one benefit of being relatively small was that yeah. we don't have a big team that, team that suddenly wasn't doing anything. It was literally um, the case that we just slowed things right down. It was very hard for us to produce any leather and produce any products. So we sort of had what we had to sell, and then the the rest of the time during the lockdowns and everything, we just we just kind of kept sending out emails to our customers and, and like telling people about all the great stuff that's, that's going on in the world, trying to keep, keep the story positive. Um, and, and yeah, it was, we were luckily we didn't, we didn't slow down too much. So I think that we, we, we even managed to grow a little bit from the year before, but, um, but yeah, definitely bounced back um, since sort of last summer for sure. So things are, things are definitely on the up. And, with the bags, Ray, um, is there any other kind of different types of bags coming out very soon, or would you say um, you still got to figure? You got to still find out what kind of bags would work. Well, no, I mean, we, there's sort of an obvious the obvious gap in our um, range at the moment. It's like a smaller kind of shoulder bag type product so right. that's kind of the focus at the moment is like somewhere between like uh like I'm not, I've never been that keen on on satchels as such but it's, yeah, but it's like what is a I what wasn't is, gonna say the satchel a, I wasn't gonna mention it 
But I thought, you know, I'll see what, you know, just thought I'd try and do the question in a different way because Satchel's, I think a lot of people are doing that already. Mm. And I was just thinking, yeah. would you yeah. ever think of a different way of doing a shoulder bag? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the job that we're on at the moment is, is kind of still in the, in the de- research and development stage. It's like what other types of shoulder bags are there that aren't your classic leather satchel or shoulder bag and like what's the what's the sort of a way that we could do it that's that's a little bit different and and like genuinely practical and offers offers a different different solution so yeah that's the that's the challenge at the moment and if you wanted to do a collaboration which menswear company would you want to do a collaboration with oh probably on the spot there um (laughs) well the I would love to do a collaboration with one of the the big um, heritage Northampton shoemakers. That that would, would be a um, a great thing to do. Like we've had we've had a few conversations and we're still kind of having those conversations. But that that would be something that I would really love to do is is to take the the leather that we're um, producing in our tiny little tannery in in the Midlands and and to have one of the big Northampton shoemakers use it just down the road from us would be a real a real um, uh, like great story for for us as a as a brand, I think that that would be great. I mean, I think I think um, that's that's probably the, the the main one I would say. And any anyone else? No. Well, no, it's, I I don't have any don't have any sort of that I'd want to name. I don't think. I think the the as I said before, I think like somewhere in the sort of leather jacket space there's a there's a great collaboration for us i think it's uh it's just finding the the, the right companies that, are, that it's very rare to find companies making leather jackets in the uk so i think it's that that's the the real challenge are you going to be making leather jackets is that something that you're looking into or um uh, not not in any serious case so it's always oh. i'm always looking for 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 what um other areas we could be making ourselves i think um it, never say never, but I haven't found that that right um, solution yet. But um, but yeah, I think I think things like um, jackets are something that, that our leathers would be would be really really good for. We did we did um, uh, do some some tests a couple of years ago that we were, were definitely going to pick up again this year. And so, twenty twenty two, right. Um, do you guys have a seasonal with bags as well, or like how clothing does? No, we don't. We don't run any seasons really. We we sort of tend to to keep things fairly consistent throughout the year. Like we we um, over the the summer last year, which went yeah. really well. We we sort of obviously thinking about more what people are wanting to buy in the summer. People tend to tend to buy fewer leather goods in the summer, in in, in my experience. So what we launched last summer was a, a glasses case which oh. um, we launched as a collaboration, collaboration with a, um, a Scottish uh, eyewear maker called Banton Frameworks. Okay. Um, they're so amazing company making their own glasses up in near Glasgow. And we, um, we developed with them a, a, like a sunglasses case, which we launched in the summer, which, which went really well. So I think um, we'll, we'll be thinking a little bit more in that way seasonally, but, but generally we don't tend to think we've got autumn winter coming. Well, what are we designing? I think we don't tend to think like that really. You've got aprons as well. I'm just looking at some of your aprons. They look amazing. 
Yeah, so the aprons are, have been like a, a real surprise product for us. Actually, it was it was initially something um, that came up because we we do quite a lot of um, bespoke work for um, restaurants and hospitality businesses. Oh, okay. So we do um, menus and um, uh, all that kind of stuff that restaurants need, and and an apron something that kept coming up. So. Yeah, we, we, we developed that with a chef called James Cochran originally, and um, he had some for his restaurant. And then it sort of went a bit crazy. We did, we've started doing loads of, loads of aprons. Actually, at one point, um, it was our like, best-selling product over all of our products, wow. including bags and everything. So, so it's, the aprons are definitely one that we, that we that they, it makes that link between the, the food and kind of, the, and the leather a lot more obvious I think and that's something that we, yeah. we're kind of always wanting to challenge is sort of people to think about leather in a different way and that it, it is this product that comes from agriculture and from food and aprons really are sort of an obvious way to make that link without it being too strange for people yeah they're beautiful actually I'm just looking at them now it's like wow they're really really nice apron absolutely gorgeous oh, apron they they do take a lot a lot of leather to make so yeah, we, it's, they're one of the products that we that we always seem to be sold out because we're trying to make some more because they they take up a whole batch if we're doing a if we're doing a batch of aprons it sort of takes out the whole thing we can't make anything else it's kind of large skins aren't they very large skins well yeah they're just yeah exactly large panels that that um that make it a little bit challenging but that's sort of that's what people want is that big um uh sort of full leather apron but actually again because of the leather's lightweight it means yeah. it doesn't feel like you're wearing something big and heavy that like another apron would be so jack what's the outlook for uh, billy tannery for the future what's your plan for the futures not just 2022 so i think going onwards yeah i mean short short term is is just to keep on sort of growing organically as we are at the moment and uh yeah just the the, the everything that we do is just focusing on trying to to reduce the the, the number of of uh, hides and skins left over from the food industry in the uk going into into um skips and being burned i think that's the, the main focus and as we gradually sort of increase the range we can uh, and hopefully sell more products we can be tanning more leather and 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 doing sort of different things in 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 the space i mean the, the deer leather project is a big focus this year i think okay. that's a really really interesting one we're sort of looking at um yeah potentially new products depending on on how the leather comes out and and maybe also um some other collaborations specifically for the for the deer leather and the the, the sort of the real um the bit that sort of necessarily isn't quite so obvious from looking at our website is that is a big part of our business is the kind of bespoke project side and and right. really looking to to grow that side as well like the, working with the restaurants is is great sort of making that link with the food as i said um and generally just um uh, working on those sort of um bespoke projects are great we it's always amazing what people get in touch and, and think that they that they want to do with our leather on that note Jack, I'd like to thank you for coming on board on Menswear by a Woman podcast. I just wanted to say your products are absolutely beautiful. They are made, I mean, from the, from what I can see from the website, um, the details uh, and everything else, and, and I love the green. Um, they are made absolutely beautifully, really, really beautifully. So, And I'm quite shocked that you haven't actually had more collaboration going on because I'll tell you one thing, if I was my own brand, I'd be saying I would definitely want to do a collaboration 
with Billy Tannery. For wow, time. that's that's fantastic. Wow, that's it's so great to to speak to you and, and thank you for inviting me on. I mean, if anyone is listening to this and is thinking, oh, we could collaborate and use their leather for something, then I would say please do get in touch. Well, I'm, I'm, after this podcast, I'm just going to tell you a few names that I think I'm going to give you a few names uh, that you should try and ask them <laughs> for sure because I think they would say yes. Brilliant. Thanks, Jack. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks a lot.